Are you a college student looking for extra guidance on how to figure out your life after college? Maybe you need to spice up your resume, find the best way to answer difficult interview questions, or you just want to be in the right mindset for determining your career path. My best-selling career ebook guide is now available on the official podcast website at whatfulfillsyou.com where you can also find the recent merchandise drop of the What Fulfills You daily signature notebook, which is my go-to vegan leather notebook for writing down gratitude, priorities, meeting notes, and so much more. You can find all of this on the official website at whatfulfillsyou.com. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth. Welcome if you are brand new to the show. On today's episode, it is all about skincare, and I'm so excited to dive into a little bit about the two guests I have on today. But before we get into that, let's start with gratitude. I always try my best to incorporate gratitude in the intros just because I have heard from listeners that it does help them think about gratitude within that moment and just help upkeep their practice as well. So, my gratitude today is uh, definitely revolving around innovation. And I say that because I think a lot of it has come to convenience for us during the pandemic, especially for me. But in particular, I'm very grateful for food delivery service, especially with Amazon Prime. Now, I don't know if this is as applicable if you live in more rural areas, but if you live in pretty big suburbs or major cities like I do, Los Angeles, New York, then having Amazon Prime uh, delivered to you is so nice. And for me, it just helps with uh, obviously optimizing my time and alleviating the driving back and forth um, when I'm in LA, for example. Um, and I remember before the pandemic, I used to get made fun of by some of my coworkers for having my groceries delivered and like to an extent they they have a fair point because it's like don't you want to pick out your own produce and stuff but for the most part like I guess like to me it doesn't really go into that deep of thought like there there comes a point where everything's a trade-off right um so sure it'd be nice to go to the grocery store on your own but at the same time for me it saves at least 45 minutes you know the driving there the driving back which is a total of 15 minutes like up there and back and then just the whole process of picking out your own items and then um, checking out all of that which I thoroughly enjoy when I have the time to but you know especially today which is Monday I had my groceries delivered between the 7 to 9 a.m window which was very convenient and I have to say like growing up I was born in 97 so I was born in an era where cell phones were just about coming out, I think, give or take around like 2001, 2002, you know, I was a young kid. And then, you know, I grew up as iPhone came out, right? So um, a lot of kids who are growing up today who are maybe 10 years old, like they're not going to be aware that this kind of innovation did not exist, you know, um, as they're growing up. But 
for me, I am fortunate to have grown up through the process of these innovations, which I feel like my generation is very lucky for that because we got to see the before and after. And I know that when you see the before, you're going to appreciate the after more, or at least in my experience. So that's all I want to say is I'm very grateful for that because I do think Postmates, DoorDash, all of that, even Ubers, right? It can be so easy to overlook and take for granted because nowadays, I think a lot of us are saying, how the hell did we get around pre-Uber and pre-Lyft, right? There was uh, designated drivers, although sometimes they're probably still drinking if you went to a house party, whatever. Um, And there were taxis, I guess, cabs or whatever, which even back then were sometimes sketch I guess depends on what area you're in um but yeah I think that's just with productivity and with tech innovation there's always pros and cons obviously but um at the end of the day it's good to be grateful for that and I'm eternally grateful for something as I guess simple and time optimizing as uh, Amazon Prime delivery and of course for the guy that delivered my groceries because they're the ones doing the work for me so thank you um, for those people putting in the hard work. Okay so moving on to the more fun stuff let's dive into today's guests. I have Danielle and Kaylee on and they are the co-founders of Clear Stem Skincare. Now if you haven't heard of Clear Stem Skincare before they were actually featured in Poosh I believe which is Kourtney Kardashian's blog um, and many other um, websites and magazines and whatnot but a little bit about both of them. Clear Stem was founded by Danielle, also known as the Acne Guru, and Kaylee, a holistic nutritionist. Clear Stem is known for their non-toxic skincare line that uses premium ingredients to correct acne, acne scars, and more. Danielle studied cellular biology and genetics throughout her education and has had a passion for solving acne as she, like many of us, consistently struggled with her own acne. On the other hand, Kaylee jumped into the skincare world when she started to develop numerous health issues, including cystic acne in her mid-20s, which led her to discovering San Diego Acne Clinic, where she met Danielle. So gonna be honest, today's episode is very much focused on all things skincare and actually quite a bit of their mentality about Uh, nutrition and taking care of yourself as a whole so I think the wellness aspect fits so well into the theme of this podcast that's why I'm so grateful to have had them on they shared a lot and I seriously mean a lot of very valuable information whether you are into skincare or not Um, I think this is a great episode for you guys to tune into if you just love to learn and understand more and bring more knowledge into your brain so I'm gonna stop chattering let's get into it Alrighty. Well, Kaylee and Danielle, thank you so much for joining me today. I am looking forward to diving into skincare, all things skincare and a little bit more about the business. But um, how about you guys share your story? Let's start with why skincare and then maybe you guys could share, you know, how both of you individually got into skincare and then how you started to build out the business. Yeah, definitely. Um, I will start. So I'm Danielle Gronich, the acne guru. Um, I had horrible cystic acne all over my face, chest, body, like everywhere for like 10 years. 
And um, did Accutane three times, did antibiotics for years, just did everything that you would normally do for acne. Um, and it was like, it started super bad in college and just got, it stayed terrible throughout my entire twenties. And then until finally I was like 30 and I was like, okay, I can't go on Accutane for a fourth time. Like I'm just going to figure this out myself. So I left the corporate world and um, I had a biology background, like studied biology and genetics and applied that to, well, went back to basically beauty school at night, which is a total culture shock, but um, brought that, that knowledge and that, you know, medicine and holistic health study that I had done in school and applied it to the acne space and interned under a bunch of skin care professor in San Diego, learned a ton about what to do, what not to do, just basically dove into the to the skincare industry with the mission of solving acne. And um, about a year after that, after I left the corporate world, um, I started San Diego Acne Clinic. So I found out all the root causes of acne, the products to use, the products to, uh, to avoid, um, and everything in between and started the clinic. So it's been about seven years. And um, yeah, basically just, it became a total obsession just to clear my own skin and then to clear other people's as well, because our medical system for acne is broken. It is so toxic. It is so broken. And there was just a huge need for someone to help people, um, just to teach them everything that they weren't getting taught at a dermatologist's office. And Kaylee was a clinic patient and that's how we met. Yeah. So Danielle and I met because I was in my early to mid twenties and it felt like out of nowhere, I was struggling with acne. Now my acne journey isn't as severe growing up. I feel like I had the quote, like typical acne as a woman growing up. I had the puberty acne uh, where I went straight to the dermatologist and they ha had me put on harsh creams. I did proactive, <laughs> did uh, the many, many dermatologist visits where they're just, you know, giving you creams left and right things to try. My skin was so dried out, peeling everywhere. Um, but acne did subside for what felt like a few years. It came back in college. I felt like when I had the normal period breakouts, the breakouts from, I mean, drinking in college, eating the way you do in college, the typical way. It was never severe, severe until I hit about 24. And then it felt like what came out of nowhere, bright red inflamed cystic acne everywhere. And we actually have the before and after on our website to show you. It was traumatizing. It was debilitating. I was packing on theater makeup to leave the house. I didn't even want to leave the house, but when I did, I felt like everyone was looking at it. I felt it on my face. It was so painful. And I felt like I had done everything. I went to so many different estheticians. My doctor told me to go on antibiotics or go back on birth control. Dermatologists wanted me to go on Accutane. And every single esthetician just gave me their line of products. Um, I was listening to every single marketing tactic out there from the clean beauty to the toxic beauty. So I went all the way from washing my face in oil to toning with apple cider vinegar and then rubbing coconut oil all over my face to moisturize to um, finding what I thought was more like clinical products from different like dermatology offices or estheticians offices and nothing seemed to work. It just seemed to keep getting worse and worse. And I had no idea what to do. I almost went on Accutane. I really didn't want to because I am also a holistic nutritionist and I know the effects of Accutane, what it does to your body, what it does to your liver, your hormones, everything. But I, I really saw no other resort. I was like, I'm at a loss. I feel like I had done all of my research, I all my due diligence. And I was so frustrated. And finally, one last Google search up pop San Diego Acne Clinic. I'm like, all right, one last try, let's do this. And so I go and 
and Danielle and I just clicked right off the bat. And I learned during my first appointment with her, learned so much. I was so well-versed on internal healing with food as it applies to like weight management and brain function and sleep and um, all those different aspects. But there's this, there's this, there's this niche with acne and, and nutrition that is so different than eating in any other way. Cause there are a lot of healthy foods and supplements that actually trigger acne. And so my eyes were open to that. My eyes were also open to the world of pork clogging ingredients and in all all different kinds of acne triggers. And Danielle and I realized that there was a huge white space in the market for real education. I mean, when people are struggling with acne, they go right to the dermatologist or they go right to Google or Pinterest. And there's no real information out there that tells people what are acne triggers? How do you solve this? How do you get to the root cause and stop these band-aid approaches? And so after working with Danielle, we found 12 different acne triggers in my lifestyle, eliminated all of them, got prop put on a proper skincare routine with exfoliating, which is the number one point, um, part of a skincare routine that people with acne miss. <laughs> um, and my skin was completely clear with no scarring in two months. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> lots of good nuggets there. I definitely want to dive straight into acne. I feel like it's such a huge topic, as you guys mentioned, and there's a lot of misconceptions and just misunderstandings of how to approach, right? Even for me, you know, I would say I struggled with normal acne during my teenage years and like in college. And it was not bad enough to go on Accutane, but even if I was, you know, recommended to, I was always like not, I don't want to say like fully against it, but it was always something like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I feel about just taking medication just to like try to do a resolution of my acne, right? Like I always felt like there was a better solution to it. Let's dive into the misconceptions. Like if can both of you, or maybe it's the same answer. Can you share a misconception about acne that most people believe um, is true, but it's actually not true in terms of like how to treat it or maybe how to prevent it? Like what's something you guys have heard along the way from more traditional dermatologists or skincare experts per se? Yeah. The biggest one that I, that frustrates me the most is that it's just hormones because that it like, yeah, they are a piece of the puzzle, but they are by no means the biggest piece of the puzzle. And that's all dermatologists try to try to manipulate is your hormones just, and that's just to shut off like oil production. Um, yeah. Like if you are having like a surge in testosterone, yeah, you're more likely to break out. That's why we get like PMS breakouts. But what's really going on is that most of the vitamins that people take are in obscenely high doses and they all have a hormonal acne side effect. Like for example, B12 is extremely popular for energy. If you get a B12 supplement, it'll have like 20,000 times what you would normally get in a day. And it gives you energy because it raises testosterone. So girls that were getting B12 shots or taking, you know, B12 supplements or things like that, or if it's like in their energy drink, like they're getting hormonal acne because of a vitamin. And they would never think about that correlation. Doctors don't think that way too. Like I've seen girls come in and they're literally having hormonal acne because of the vitamins that they're taking. They're in too high of a dose. Yet they go to the dermatologist. They don't don't even ask or look there. They put them on spironolactone. When that fails, they put them on Accutane. So they're doing all these toxic measures to treat hormonal acne when really the girls get their labs done and their labs come back normal. Um, so it's just this whole toxic cycle that I see constantly. 
why do you think dermatologists like even when I went like I I it almost felt like very routine for them and uh-huh. it was funny because she you know she had a great background she went to Harvard I think studied skin there or you know I'm not really talking in precise terms but you know she went to a great school and had that right background on paper but to me it felt very uh, like routine and standard for her to recommend um, what's a uh, benzoyl peroxide, I think just like face wash with yeah. that in it. And I feel like the next step is Accutane. Like I said, like my acne was not, you know, cystic or anything bad enough to take Accutane to get rid of my acne. But it, to me, it felt like, is this it? You know what I mean? Like, why do you think that is the case yeah. with traditional methods or traditional recommendations for solving acne? I was going to say, it's, it's not our dermatologist's fault is it it is Mm. a lack in the medical system. Right. right. So dermatologists, their point of existence is not for acne. That's not what they're trained on in school. A lot of their focuses of course are on like skin cancer, moles, all different areas. Um, And so they are trained on a prescription based model. And so when people come into the dermatologist and, and primary care doctors are trained on this as well. I mean, you go in for any symptom and it's what prescription can they write to help with that symptom? And that is what they're trained on. So you go to the dermatologist, they have their list of prescriptions. And so they want to leave you in what they believe in good hands with the pr- prescription that they think is best going to solve your issue. So their job is to not get to the root cause. That's why we're huge fans of naturopathic doctors um, holistic estheticians, all different things like that. People who are going to sit down and spend the time to get to the root cause. Dermatologists are not trained on root causes. They're trained on the prescription and they don't have the time to sit down with you. They're given what, five to 10 minutes now just to sit down, hear what's going on, write a prescription for your symptoms and go on your way. And that's the, that's the medical system model currently. Hmm. I'm curious as well. Do either of you have a thought or idea on why, um, some people have this whole uh, perception that like holistic doctors or, you know, you use that term um, are kind of like woo woo doctors. Like I, I could, I, I could think of someone I actually dated a, an ex-boyfriend of four years who is from San Diego. And I remember telling him, um, you know, he went the Accutane route back in high school. And I was always more like trying to figure out, is there something better than, you know, I've always been that curious cat, right? Like I'm sure both of you have been as well with what you do. But why do you think or kind of maybe rather why or what's your approach to kind of um, combating that that perception of people who are more holistic thinking outside of the box versus the prescription um, based method? How do you go about that for people who do have more interest in doing it a holistic way? That's an excellent question. So if you went to medical school, your entire life has been gearing up toward medical school, getting in, passing residency, landing a job, like that's your trajectory. And that is the lane that you look in. You have blinders on to other things generally, unless you are a naturopathic doctor, unless you seek it out. So if you do all that, you are going to defend to the core, everything that you have learned, because that is who you are. And that's all you have now. That is your, your arsenal to work with. Um, and looking outside of it to be like, Oh my God, this herb might be helping like this herb might be helping someone when I'm writing them pills for it. Like that's a dangerous thought if you've already invested in medical school and you're paying off those loans and you're trying to get ahead in that system. So you have to think about it from the personal perspective in that way. Um, also, they don't get trained on on things like digestion um, and uh, like gut health the mind body connection a lot of it, like, yeah, they, you know, a doctor might mention stress, but like not really. Um, so they don't get trained on stuff, so they don't value it and they don't 
quite know how to interpret it or integrate it into their their healing recommendations. You know what I mean? And like Kaylee said, if they only have 10 minutes and they have a quota, a lot of the times with their pharmaceuticals, you're leaving with a prescription. Like that's just the way our medical system works. So it's just, you know, it's just which system are you in now? It's when people think that it's kind of woo woo, like, okay, that's because you haven't gone through the medical system, like in a way where it has let you down. Like we have, for example, like I've already gone through Accutane. I've gone to so many dermatologists. Not one of them can answer a basic question about diet. I knew that when I had alcohol, I broke out. I knew that when I had dairy, I broke out and not one of them would, what one of them was like, oh, there's no white paper linking that white paper is lab reports. And that's what is like, they look at like white paper and lab studies and that's where they base most of their information on. But the thing is white paper and lab studies are funded by drug companies because they want to get FDA clearance for a drug to sell. That is why you don't hear anything about gut health. You know, so no it's one's just gonna like, make money off of telling you to chew your food for longer because it's yeah. gonna help improve your digestion. No one makes money from that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, diabetes is the perfect example, like diabetes and blood pressure cost our country billions, billions, but, and it's been shown that it can be reversed, maintained or regressed or prevented with proper diet, but you don't hear that. All you hear is like metformin and blood thinners and like, you know, all of the like diabetes medicines and things like that. Obviously there are some cases where people need medication, but the dietary component to healing and preventing disease is a scary thing for the system at large. And it's not what doctors are trained on. Granted, most medical colleges are very, very different, especially depending on the country. But in America, the average amount of time spent on diet and nutrition is 19 hours. In a four-year degree course of studying the human body, they focus on uh, nutrition for 19 hours of it. That's like two days. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that's, yeah, that's and that's and that's sad too. And it's funny. I actually I'm a little bit of a tangent, but I had someone on my podcast months ago who actually um, she was diagnosed with colon cancer, I believe, and she actually went a holistic route. And this is just long story short. To me, that was very eye opening because my mom had breast cancer, and you know I've always and she was you know prescribed a lot of different medications and all of that. They went to Johns Hopkins because my parents were on the East Coast, and I always said to my dad like are all of these really necessary? You know, and I've always, again, been probably if big pharma heard the stuff that I was saying and thinking, they'd be like, shut your mouth. Like, you know, that's just, you know, we got to make money somehow. But that I love that you bring up that point too. Again, this is in all different facets of health, right? Skincare and, you know, just the way we eat that, you know, medication, all of that. Um, but kind of bringing it back to acne so we stay focused. Um, what are some ideal products for people who are prone to acne? If you could think of you know, just maybe not even just products, but like ingredients, what are some that you would recommend or just in general in your approach? to dealing with acne? Well, I think what's going to be really important is, and we'll dive into ingredients, but what's really important is the proper skincare routine. And that's what I really, I'm going to have Danielle expand on this as well, because she talks to clients day in and day out about this. But I know from, from um, personal experience, you get all these ideas of what you think of proper skincare routine, all these things that you feel like you need, all the oils and the toners and the face washes, and you just feel so confused and so lost because every piece of marketing will tell you something different. When in reality, if you are struggling with acne, it really comes down to a proper skincare routine and no pork clogging ingredients. Those are going to be like the most 
important aspects. And then the healing ingredients are going to help regenerate the skin, help with the scarring, help with the acne. Favorite ingredients that you mentioned benzoyl peroxide. That's like the classic old school one. Um, and it, it can be useful. All it does is like kill bacteria and dry up oil, which can be useful, but it's not like a root cause thing. And it actually can cause accelerated aging um, and hyperpigmentation, especially in people with ethnic skin. So I'm not a huge fan of benzoyl peroxide. It's useful as a mask, um, but I, we really like mandelic acid. Mandelic acid is alpha hydroxy acid. And it, what it does is it dissolves the extra keratin protein um, and the extra oil and any product clogs from like a lotion or a makeup ingredient. So an acid is the most important part in your skincare routine for various reasons, but especially if you have acne. Other things that we really believe in are um, stem cells to repair the skin and the scars, because if you also, if you have acne, you also have acne scars and you don't want to be making the scars worse just to try to battle the acne. And that's another issue people run into. So, um, I'd say for us, like mandelic acid and stem cells are two of our favorites. Mm -hmm. Our third favorite I would say is exfoli just because this was, um, so unheard of by, um, by me coming to Danielle with all my acne issues years ago was exfoliation. I feel like we we're always told like when you have acne, don't exfoliate, you're going to aggravate it. You're going to make it worse. That was so drilled in. And what I found out is exfoliation is actually amazing for acne. I mean, you don't want to be like scrubbing your skin raw, <laughs> but the only way, you know, to help clean out your pores, help get that dead, get those dead skin cells off and allow all of their serums and products to then penetrate and help with your acne. You need that exfoliation. You need to get that top layer of dead skin cells off to really open up and increase that cell regeneration. But it's doing it in the proper way, as in yeah. the harsh plastic beads that are going to rip apart your skin. Um, for instance, our scrub, vitamin scrub, uses really, really gentle bamboo beads. It gives a nice, relaxing, gentle exfoliation. And then our mandelic acid serum is the chemical exfoliation that really gets in your pores and dissolves what's in there. We call it the blackhead dissolver. Um, it gets in there and dissolves all that gunk that you don't want in there to then help your acne. And would you say, so I'm curious too, not like we're bashing on brands, but you know, the, the acne products in target, um, with the beads, are those like not good for you? I definitely used it in high school. But I'm just kind of curious for those who maybe are out there using it. Just, you, you know, I think everything is relative. So is something good or bad? It totally depends on what you would have been doing. So if you have if you're breaking out and you're not exfoliating at all, like you're just using a basic gentle cleanser and a moisturizer, and that's the only thing is you've been using and you start using a wash with some beads, then yeah, it's going to be better for you because the root cause the genetic trait that leads to acne because it is genetic. The genetic core cause is something called hyperkeratosis. Basically we produce more keratin protein than someone else who just doesn't break out no matter what they do. So we need exfoliation. We do really benefit from physical exfoliation, like a scrub or something with beads. Um, something that I get asked a lot about too, is like the Clarisonic brushes. Like, are those good or bad for acne? Well, it's better than not using something. It's better than just using a basic cleanser, but is it like the best no, like a scrub is definitely better. So I, I think that good and bad is definitely relative. 
Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, let's dive into the must of skincare. You talked about routine and I feel like this is something, um, everyone always loves to know what's a good skincare routine. And more importantly, even for myself, I'm curious, like what are like things like you always should be doing every single day? Like the way you remove makeup, um, specific products you should always have within your skincare routine, whether that's like an exfoliant or like a, a certain toner or cleanser, all of that. I'll let you dive into maybe just like the things that everyone should try to develop in their skincare routine. Yeah, I will. I'll start off with the makeup removing part because this is my favorite. I like to talk about because I am not a fan of makeup wipes. <laughs> I'm not a fan. They are so hard, especially for someone that has a little bit of drier skin or struggles with acne. They are so stripping. We want to help preserve those natural oils and the natural barrier of our skin. Those makeup wipes. I mean, do you ever feel like how tight your face is after it just feels like it just doesn't feel good. You can tell it's not doing good job. So I'm a huge fan of double cleansing when it comes to makeup and being really, really gentle. So we have our gentle clean cleanser. Um, you don't want a cleanser that foams up a ton. Ours, if you really work it in your hands, it'll foam up a, a tiny bit, which is perfect. But typically if you have a pure foam cleanser, like the ones you'll get from a drugstore has a ton of sulfites in it. It's going to be very drying for your skin. So if you ever finish washing your face and it just feels like tight and stripped, it's probably all the sulfates and all the, um, all the drying ingredients. So I like to double cleanse. So I do like a light, light first cleanse to get the base of makeup off. I do not scrub around my eyes. It is the most delicate part of your skin. I do use a mascara that flakes off. So I will very, very gently just brush the top of my eyelashes to have it flake off. And then I rub it away. Um, and then I will do a second cleanse to actually get some of that dirt oil, everything from the day off. And then especially in the evening, I will exfoliate. So then I'll do about 10 to 15 seconds of exfoliation. It is not meant to, the exfoliating process, physically exfoliating is not meant to like remove all your makeup and remove everything. It is meant to gently remove that top layer of dead skin cells, open up your pores and prime your skin for everything you put in it. So it doesn't need to be a long washing process. Again, just like a 10 to 15 seconds. If my, if my skin's a little drier from on the East coast in the winter, um, for a week, like visiting family, it just feels drier than normal. I might do a quick five seconds. I, it's a very like prime and prep step. Um, and then you're going to move on to all the fun stuff, which actually this past, um, month, we did a whole serum education month. So I'll let Danielle touch on the serums and why specifically um, what they do and what order you should do them in. Yeah. So serums are amazing for skincare and serums, uh, serum just refers to the texture of something. It's literally just like the viscosity. It's not a lotion. It's not water. It's something in between. So, um, serum just refers to texture. A lot of people, um, kind of wonder that, but our favorite serum for every, everyone's skin, no matter what your goal is, is our clarity serum. So it's a friendly acid is what we like to call it. So alpha hydroxy acid, you'll also see it as AHA. Um, and then there's a family of acids with, within that, um, that AHA uh, label. So we like to use a blend of mandelic acid and lactic acid, which are strong, but gentle. They're non-irritating for most people, but they're effective against all type of acne, um, including fungal acne. So that's why we went with mandelic acid in our Clarity Serum. So um, if you are breaking out um, or if you're acne prone, you need to make sure your pores are, are unclogged and decongested. 
that's when you use an exfoliating acid serum like Clarity. You put it on bare skin because you want it to, to dissolve the stuff in your pores and dissolve dead skin. It's basically going basically to eat whatever it's touching. So that's why you put it on bare skin. And you let an acid serum sit for at least 10 minutes, ideally about 15 to 20 minutes before you add your next step, because it's literally dissolving blackheads, it's dissolving clogged pores, you know, so it needs some time to do that. So you put it on, go do something else for 15 minutes, then you come back and you put on either an acne safe moisturizer, or you follow with one of our serums, if you're using our system. So you'd follow with uh, like a stem cell serum or our anti-wrinkle serum called Bounce Back. Um, it's important to note that our line is all anti-aging and anti-acne at the same time. It's basically like an anti-acne line that makes you age better. And it's an anti-aging line that also helps with acne. So for everyone who's looking for a basic skincare routine, no matter what your concern is, like following this regimen that Kaylee and I are talking about is going to serve you well. So um, cleansing with like a gentle cleanser, scrubbing just a little bit, a few nights a week, and then using an acid serum like Clarity. Like you could start Monday, Wednesday, Friday, if your skin's not dry, or if it's, you know, you have thicker skin and you need more decongesting action, you could do it like five nights a week. So incorporating that into your routine is going to make a significant difference. I'd say that is the most important thing is an acid serum. Yeah. And then everyone needs a moisturizer. Everyone. Okay. Do you recommend any specific moisturizers, uh, like ingredient wise? I think, um, I'm curious just because for me, when I used to use, I think it was like Aveeno way back in my high school days. And I just remembered thinking to myself, it felt very lotiony. And -hmm. I don't know if that was ideal for my skin type per se, but I'm curious. Um, and also because back then I was definitely way more prone to breaking out and more acne. Um, is that something that, is, you know, that alarming to, you know, you or any kind of recommendations you would have relating to acne? I prefer uh, moisturizers that have a penetratable moisture in them. So ours actually has like three different kinds of moisture molecules, one that like immediately quenches the skin, another that actually goes in and uh, penetrates a little bit deeper. And then some like a thicker texture to really seal it all in. Cause some moisturizers, they don't really hydrate your skin. Like you're dry an hour after you apply them. Some of them like the Aveeno type ones where it's very lotiony, like you're describing some of them just sit on top of your skin and don't really penetrate. So you don't get like mm-hmm. the actual hydration your, your skin really wants. So mm-hmm. I, a good moisturizer, a good lotion is one that is going to be free of pore cloggers, free of hormone disruptors like parabens, um, and that, that, that you really feel quenches your skin's thirst and leaves it more hydrated even like the next day. Like it should be actively hydrating your skin so that your resting hydration is mm-hmm. a little bit better. And that texture can be different for everyone. It really depends on where you live and how much natural moisture you have. Something else to note as well that's really important. Sometimes it's more important to focus on the ingredients that you don't want in things. So we're constantly asked, like, just the question you asked, are the ingredients you should look out for um, in moisturizers for acne or are there supplements I should be taking to help with acne? A lot of times it's the things that are triggering the acne that we want to get rid of. So like Danielle mentioned, in moisturizers, you want to look for ones that don't have any pore clogging ingredients. You want to look for ones that don't have any hormone disruptors in it so you're not causing more long-term health for your body um, with supplements. Again, it's less about the supplements that help with acne and more the ones that actually hurt you when it comes to acne. So you want to look for the ones that don't trigger acne that aren't going to trigger different levels of hormonal changes, things like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
How about let's dive into holistic wellness and diet and and how that does affect our skin. Because I think that is something that is overlooked in regards to how it relates to our skin, how it can affect our acne. Can you just dive in quickly? um, What are some top tips you have for people to look out for when it comes to eating habits and how to maybe create a consistent routine with eating well so that it does, you know, reflect within their skin, their overall health, a little bit of gut health, even anything in that nature? What you're going to want to note is the top acne triggers. And we we talk about this a lot. We have YouTube videos on it. We have information on our website and on our all of our social media channels about this. But this was my biggest aha moment during all this. Again, I'm so well educated in the world of holistic nutrition, but not as much as it applies to acne with like the little healthy food tweaks. So obviously we should all know by now that excess sugar is spiking blood sugar levels, causing acne. We don't want a lot of processed foods, a lot of processed sugars. That's a little more common knowledge at this point, but there's some little ones that people don't know. So for instance, eggs, eggs can actually trigger acne. If it's something that you're eating every single day, at one point I was eating egg bowls every single day for breakfast, remove that from my diet. I saw an immediate reduction in acne. So eggs are a huge trigger. Dairy is the number one dietary acne trigger. So you want to look for um, not only your traditional forms of dairy, like milk and cheese, uh, but also whey protein that can be really sneaky in there. You can find it in a lot of like nutrition bars as well. So, um, so you want to think beyond drinking a glass of milk or eating cheese. You want to look at the ingredients, the foods that you're eating and see where dairy is snuck in all of those things. Um, Gluten is another huge one. It is so disruptive to our digestive process. It triggers inflammation in our body. And so it is a huge cause of acne. And then with supplements as well, we always talk about devils in the dosage. Um, it's it's educated a lot that vitamin D and zinc are amazing for skin health. They can be in the correct dosages. So when you're getting over about like 100% of your recommended daily value, you can actually be triggering acne by taking zinc and vitamin D. So you want to be careful of the amounts that you're taking. And it's the same uh, with B12, as Danielle mentioned earlier too. Um, another one is biotin. <laughs> That's going to be a, a huge acne trigger. So it's, it's, it's important to know the acne triggers. So you can know to avoid those. And then it makes it a little easier to dial in your daily routine, you know, starting your morning with some proteins and greens in some way, um, or an oatmeal bowl with like some fiber and some protein in it, a nice, like satiating way to start your day and just keeping the rest of your day, just thinking proteins, fats, and greens just sticking within those, making sure you're having some vegetables, having some organic protein, having some good fats, like some olive oil, um, avocado, salmon, different things like that. And you're going to be set. You don't need to overcomplicate health. Just think of those three things, um, greens uh, slash vegetables, (laughs) proteins and fats, and just frame your meals around those. Interesting. Okay. Is there, I don't want to say mistake, but is there something that you do see as a common habit that women do today that you feel like is triggering, not necessarily just to acne, but just to maybe not the glowing skin that they want? Is there anything that you could think of? Absolutely. Using super hot water to wash their face. Ooh. Yeah. In the shower, letting the hot water like beat on your face, it can feel, it, it does feel so good, but mm-hmm. it's like the number one thing people are doing to wreck their skin. 
it ages you faster because it strips away. Not only is the heat inflaming and water itself is, is the wrong pH for our skin. So it throws it out of balance. Um, mm-hmm. It's very alkaline in comparison to our skin. So it dries it out. So, and depending on where you are, your tap water has a bunch of other crap you don't want on your skin. But um, the heat from the water when we're washing our face, it literally inflames the skin. It strips away all of our natural moisture. So what that does is you go outside and you have far fewer defenses against ultraviolet light. So you accumulate UV damage faster. Mm. So it, yeah, that's the number one thing you can do to age yourself faster. If you have acne, it's particularly bad because it's inflaming the already inflamed lesions and react like reactivating the inflammation every single time you're doing it. And then if you have scar tissue, it's just re-injuring it every time. So it never gets a chance to fully heal. Um, For women, especially as they get older and they have less natural moisture, keeping moisture in in your skin is the name of the game. So if you're every single morning and every single night washing your skin with hot water, it's never going to have a chance to keep up. So it's that accumulation of dryness and heat and inflammation that causes the most accelerated aging. Um, And another thing I I went through this personally, and I see it a lot is when um, women and men, but mainly women will go do like treatments on their skin. They'll get like peels or they'll do lasers. They'll want to do, they'll spend thousands of dollars on like a laser treatment, but they have not been educated to not go home and use hot water on their skin. So they don't get the healing that they thought. And sometimes they get really bad side effects because they're re-injuring their skin post-treatment. So I'm a big fan of just lukewarm water on the skin only. Okay. What about is cold water bad for you to wash with or cold? I mean, in the morning, it's fine. Um, if you are trying to take off a bunch of makeup, like say you're wearing, like, I I would say like lukewarm to room temperature to lukewarm is the best. If it's cold, it might not break down your makeup very well. Most, most cleansers are designed to be warmed up. Um, so I would say cold water, not really. If you want to do a cold shot after you cleanse your face, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. We also love using cold therapy when it comes to acne. So again, washing your face mm-hmm. in that lukewarm water, but then almost spot treatment wise, you want an ice pack. So if you're having like really bad mm-hmm. cystic breakouts and inflammation, holding on an ice pack for like 10, 15 seconds at a time, giving it rest, that's going to help bring down the inflammation. So we like using cold as like, as like an, an intermittent thing as a, as a process thing. Okay. I did want to bring it back to Accutane really quick because I meant to ask this earlier. I'm curious, um, both of you went through Accutane. Well, Kaylee, did you go through Accutane or you ended I up not? I did not. I was starting okay. to go through the process of it and I was like, I, I have to find another resort. I, I have to. <laughs> yeah. Can you guys just share just some educational pieces on Accutane that most people you know, don't know about or just are not brought to their attention when they go through evaluating whether they go through Accutane? Because I actually have even two of my best friends that did Accutane in the, within the past year or two. And you know, it was always something, you know, I think it ended up working for them. But I just, again, there, like I said earlier, I feel like there's something about it that just doesn't sit well with me. And I'm curious if there's actual data or facts behind what I think that you guys could share. Yeah, there's a lot of side effects and the depression is extremely common, especially in boys, because what the Accutane is doing is it works on the androgens, like the male hormone receptors. Um, So it basically Mm -hmm. kind of hops in there and or fries them. And when you are, when you mess with your male hormones, it messes with your energy level and your depression. So that's why teenage boys have like the higher rate of like suicide when they're on Accutane. Um, So it's particularly scary for mothers whose sons 
their teenage sons are going through that. Like they need to be really careful because it's already hard enough to be a teenager. A lot mm-hmm. of women get the depression side effects as well. Um, I think that women tend to bounce back a little bit more from it because they're used to going through depression from their cycles, you know, so they can be a little more mindful of the fact that it is a side effect and, you know, they can kind of just deal with it. And, um, it's person to person on that, but there's a a lot of research and a lot of evidence that shows that it ruins the gut. Like a lot of people get IBS after Mm -hmm. Accutane. I believe there was a big Mm -hmm. class action about that. Um, Mm -hmm. Irritable bowel syndrome, which is just a general term for inflammation in the intestine and gut region. Um, And it's what it does is it uh, affects the lining of the gut. So it it can, that can create a whole host of other issues um, like permeate, like gut permeability and, you know, toxins from your food and waste system getting into your bloodstream. Like it can do a lot of damage, especially if you're already prone or already have inflammation in your GI tract, which a lot mm-hmm. of people do. So you can be, you know, cruising along, you might have some mild digestive issues and not really pay attention to them, but then you go and do something like Accutane and it becomes Crohn's or colitis or some major thing that you were not even thinking was a possibility. Um, I personally, if I, if my sister was going to go do Accutane, she actually did have to do it. She's done. She's, it runs in my family really bad. So she actually did it twice. But if like you, my best friend or my sister was about to do it, I would tell them to do the smallest dose they can and just stretch it out and then take a Mm -hmm. bunch of omega threes to make sure that the moisture and the, uh, just like the, the barriers in, and like the linings in their body can rebuild and retain and not be so damaged from it. And then also just making sure that you're eating super clean and not drinking alcohol and watching everything else you put into your system because Accutane overloads your liver to the point where if you are in college and you're taking it and you go out for Mm. a night of binge drinking, you can wind up in the ER. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's important to take note of. I think again, a lot of things that, you know, especially as a teenager or when you're in college, you have so many, you know, other distractions, other things that stress you out that these are just facts that you're not thinking about. You know, of course, when most girls or most people in general, they're in college, I'd say at least 70% of the time they're drinking to some extent. So I think that's important to take note of. Um, I did have an audience related question they submitted uh, that we haven't answered yet. And their question is, what are the best ways to treat dark spots? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll dive in with this one. So, um, again, back to our, one of our favorite serums is our clarity serum. So dark spots, um, can be referred to like hyperpigmentation, melasma can come in a lot of different forms. And we use this blanket term of dark spots. Um, Mm -hmm. melasma can be triggered from hormonal issues can be triggered from sun damage, um, dark spots in general. I get dark spots uh, because I pigment really easily. So if I have Mm -hmm. a breakout, I have a a pigmented spot that's left over for a while. So our Clarity Serum is actually our acid serum that we've been talking about, mandelic acid, is going to help break that apart. So it's going to help, again, not only is it going to help to dissolve the dead skin cells in there, but it's going to help break apart the melasma. And then our cell renew serum, which is our stem cell based serum is going to help regenerate that area. So that's going to help a lot with the pigmentation left over from acne, from breakouts. So I know personally have a breakout. It's really, really pink. gets dark, uh, gets dark after those stem cells are going to help regenerate that area and get rid of that little scar damage that much faster. So we want some skin regeneration. We want some collagen production, and then we want to break it up with the acid. So that's all done with the serums. 
And then of course, um, being really aware of sun damage. So anytime you go out, if you have a dark spot and you go out in the sun, it's going to make it that much worse. So mm-hmm. making sure you're wearing that hat, you're covering your skin with SPF, zinc-based, mm-hmm. preferably that's going to really do the trick. Um, so we want to focus on things that aren't making it worse. And then the two serums that are going to really make it better and regenerate it from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good to know. Um, all right, let's go into our lightning round questions. You guys can answer this separately. I just have three different quick questions. Um, okay. Outside of skincare, what's your best advice for young women or something you would tell your younger self in your early and mid twenties? Whoever wants to go first. (laughs) Okay. I know I'll kick off this one. Um, I think giving yourself the permission to find yourself. And to be okay making different decisions. I think we put so much pressure around ourselves when we graduate high school or graduate college about finding the perfect job and really following the cultural norms of when we're supposed to do things at what time Mm -hmm. and comparing ourselves to others and just taking a step back and realizing we have a really long life to live and no one else is living your life but you. And so making sure that you are building a life that you are happy in. So finding a career path that makes you happy and it might, your first job experience probably won't be your, your happiest one. You're going to be allowing yourself to figure that out, surrounding yourself with friends that really support you and create that life that you want to live. But just a reminder that no one's living your life, but you. So create the one that you want and it doesn't happen right away. So be patient and just build upon that. Totally agree with that. Um, I would have to say, God, being in your twenties, it's, it's so challenging because you're, you know, you're a product of your home life and you have all these scripts that have been installed in you that you're not aware of, but that will be acted out in all of your adult relationships. And it can just be really chaotic for people in their twenties, especially like early and mid twenties, because you're probably not in your dream job yet. You probably, probably haven't met your, you know, your husband or, you know, your significant life partner yet. Um, You may or may not be in healthy friendships. You may or may not have healthy boundaries with your family. I would just say um, to boil that down, um, invest in therapy and self-work as soon as possible and make it a regular part of your life. Make it something that you do, whether it's weekly or once a month, but investing in um, a therapist or doing some sort of regimented um, self-work and thought work is crucial to navigate life and make sure that you are um, being true to yourself and growing as much as you want to at that age. Mm, I love that. And yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with, you know, what you said there, Danielle, because I feel like this podcast in itself is definitely something I encourage for young women to always be critically thinking and always to, you know, look within intrinsically and work on themselves. Um, okay, but two more questions. What is one personal goal you each have for this year? And why? Okay, I'll go. Um Last year for me, there was a lot of moving parts and it was really chaotic. I know COVID in general, everyone has their own experience of what happened, but a personal goal this year for me is to reestablish my favorite parts of my routines and to feel more grounded and in tune with myself. I know sometimes I can, I can very easily fill up, fill up my schedule, um, feeling like I need to help everyone else do everything for everyone else. And I'll feel pulled in a million different directions, but I know I feel my best when I'm very in tune with my routine, myself, what I need 
and really stay focused on my, my schedule and routine. And so that is something I am very much coming back to now that I have a little more of like a grounded situation in my life. Um, my personal goal is to officially and completely give up drinking. Mm. I don't drink often, but it just doesn't agree with me very well. And I always feel like crap the next day. It messes with my skin. I don't like the sugar and it's the killer of peak performance. Like I'm always trying to do things better, you know, like reading atomic habits and structuring my morning around it. And, um, you know, like everything I do is so well thought out and so well structured, um, for, maximum efficiency. And like, I thrive in that, but yet if I go to, um, you know, an event with my business group and it's like at a winery or something like that, um, I'll, you know, wind up partaking. And then I'm like, then I feel like crap immediately. Cause I don't like the sugar. I'll feel gross the next day. I probably won't do my workout. And then I wind up just being like, why did I do that? But it's just like one of those little social things that's really hard to give up. And it's part of my like like an inner strength thing to see if I can just be one of those people where it's just like, Nope, I don't want to drink anymore. And I just like, don't do it and don't succumb to social pressure. So that's my goal. Mm, I like it. I like it. Okay. Uh, last lightning round question. How do you measure success? Oh, that's an easy one for me. Happiness. That's so like, that's so easy to me. Like, I feel like if you are, if you are happy with where in life, what you're going, how you're building your business, how you're building your team, the way you're communicating, the, the, the way things are just are flowing. If you can find happiness in all of that, that is just going to propel you that much farther for that much more success. And I don't think you can, I truly don't think you can be miserable and be successful. Like I, I just, cause like where, where is the success in that? Cause then that's just literally, that's just a number. That's not actual success. Success is when you like feel the happiness of everything you're creating and the impact you're making. I have to agree with Kaylee on that one. Like for me, it's like, it's the sitting in joy and like being in flow. Like, you know, when you're in, like, you're out for a walk and like, everything is just vibing. Like you just feel good. You're breathing in the air. It's just like, all you're doing is just existing and you're feeling in a state of peace and love and joy. Um, being in that state as often as possible and getting to it easily. Like that's how I define success. Cause it's, it's easy to fall out of that happiness rhythm and you can kind of, you have to kind of fight your way back into it sometimes. So that, that is my definition of success is being able to stay as much as I can in that state. Yeah. I'll give you this example. Like if, if Danielle and I are just like sitting in a meeting, looking at numbers and numbers are like crushing it with sales, with clear stem, but we're miserable. What are those numbers? But if Danielle and I are like in our flow, we're so excited. We're having so much fun with our team. We're getting tons of feedback back from our community. And of course, those numbers are going to correlate with that. That's the joy in it. Like that's success. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with both of you. And, you know, that's why a lot of just this podcast in itself is related to fulfillment, which most people kind of relate to happiness and whatnot. But that does kind of uh, push us into the final question, something I do ask every guest on the show and would love for both of you to answer this one separately as well. But, you know, outside of skincare, your passion for skincare and building the strong business that you both have out of all of that, what truly fulfills you in life? Mine would be the positive impact that we make. So what really like fires me up every single morning 
in every single day is the difference that we make for people because ClearSum isn't just a, it's not just skincare. It's not just creating Mm -hmm. amazing products, selling them, people using them. It's the lives that are changed from using them. When people have debilitating acne and uh, really struggling with skin issues, it hurts their confidence. It hurts their self-worth. They feel more anxiety. They feel more depressed. And when they feel in control of their health and they see an improvement in their skin, they their confidence changes. They're carrying themselves differently. They're talking differently. They're more confident. And so seeing that positive impact in people's confidence levels, like we want people to feel so confident in who they are on the inside that it shines through on the outside. And so to feel confident on the inside, for most people, it's feeling in control of their body, feeling control of their health, Mm -hmm. feeling in tune with what's going on, which is why we provide so much education with ClearStem to get more intuitive about your body, to understand the impacts of what you're eating, um, what supplements you're taking, um, how, how stress affects your skin, your body, acne. And so that's why we provide all this supplemental information to the skincare products we provide because it makes that much of a difference in people's lives. Mm. I love that. That fulfills me too. Just creating positivity in this world, whether it's through our products, through our education, through helping someone get their skin and their confidence back, improving their relationship, improving their relationship with themselves. Um, The positivity that we get when we, you know, one of our formulas wins an award or we start getting all the DMs of like people being like, I'm in love with my skin again. It's just like cultivating that joy and positivity through our outlet. Like that fulfills me every day. Mm, I love that. And I love that it comes back to the impact and just the ultimate joy it brings both of you, as you guys mentioned, because I think that is something more of us are starting to understand, you know, whether you have a business, whether you work a nine to five or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, it comes back to really the impact you have on your community, the people you work with, the people you share your successes with. And um, I love that you both bring that today on today's episode. But where can everyone find you, share more about the skincare brand, your, the website, the Instagram, and you know where everyone can find each of you individually? For ClearStem, you can head to our Instagram page, ClearStem Skincare. And again, we like to provide education on all of our channels. And so you'll never just see like frou-frou random pictures on our pages. You're going to see a lot of education. So Instagram, ClearStem Skincare, website, clearstemskincare.com. We also have a YouTube channel as well. Um, And then my personal Instagram is Kaylee.Christina and Danielle's. Go ahead. I'm at Danielle. Uh, If you just type in Danielle, the acne guru, I will come up. And then there's also San Diego Acne Clinic, which is um, the skincare clinic that I own. Um, We have a lot of good content on there as well. But I'd say the main ones are the Clear Stem account and uh, Danielle, the acne guru, and Kaylee. Amazing. And I will link all of that in the show notes. And um, if you guys have any specific products or anything else you want me to link, just feel free to send that over to me. But thank you so much for being on the show today. There was so much information here. I'm so stoked to go over it and see what people think. Thank you so much for having us. us. Yeah. And thanks for doing your message to your community. I wish that I had, I don't know if podcasts were a thing when I was in my early twenties, but I could have really used you. So (laughs) thank you for being like the big sister vibe and bringing that energy to, um, to the younger women. (laughs) Thank you.
So that was all for today's episode with Danielle and Kaylee, co-founders of Clear Stem Skincare. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and had some takeaways for yourself. And if you did, as always, please be sure to share this episode on your IG story and tag both of us so we can see who is tuning in. And also, of course, for your own friends to tune into this episode as well, because of course, spreading the knowledge is better. But before you guys head out, a couple things to note. Um, If you are interested in trying out their products, you can actually get 15% off your entire purchase with the code WHATFULFILLSYOU at checkout. So just go to their website, clearstemskincare.com, I believe, or everything will be linked in the show notes. Um, Again, it's just clearstemskincare and just use the code WHATFULFILLSYOU for 15% off. And last but not least, don't forget about the WHATFULFILLSYOU merch collection. We recently dropped the daily signature notebook. It is just this gorgeous black leather notebook, perfect for daily use. And we are going to be dropping some more merchandise in the very near future that I think all of you will absolutely love. So stay tuned. Everything is at whatfulfillsyou.com. Thanks again for tuning in this week. I'll chat with you on Thursday.